Hey, this is Steve. And this is Ryan. And we are recording Honor Nation podcast for the week of April 6th, Episode 2, Electric Boogaloo. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Entertainment Weekly. Ring of Honor. ROH. Radio. Ring of Honor. The best wrestling that I've ever seen. Ring of Honor Wrestling. Hey there, uh, now we're recording, and we got some interesting stuff for you today, and yeah, this, is, yeah, this is going to be sweet. Absolutely. Very big weekend in ROH, just, uh, obviously, especially in Boston, it's big weekend for wrestling all around, very similar to Orlando last, uh, last week, ROH, TNA, and WWE, all in the same town in one weekend, so, or, wow. well, in one week at least. That is right. exciting. Uh, absolutely. I I am not going... I did not go to the SmackDown taping at the TD Bank North Garden. I am not going to lockdown on Sunday, but I am going to the Ring of Honor show tomorrow night at Boston University inside the Case Gym. And that is the only one that matters. Absolutely. Okay, I mean, well, you want to kick wrong, us man. off? Huh? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I was just going to say I love... Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, but, uh, you know, honestly, I just can't justify plopping 50 bucks down for, you know, whatever whatever the hell else they have, like Goldust versus Kaz or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you even follow TNA? I do not. Not anymore. Uh, I, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's pretty pitiful. It, it's unfortunate, because, you know, they have all the talent in the world. Except in the booking office. I mean, they used to have Jim Cornette, someone who actually knows something about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and who's booking it now? Vince Russo? What a shock. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Um, All right, well, so we do have a. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Sorry. We keep doing that. We sound like a bunch of idiots. Uh, today right, well, we got. Some business notes that ROH booker Gabe Sapolsky posted on the ROH Wrestling website. Uh, they're the latest updates, and he calls it a no frills, no hype look at it. Some of the happenings of ROH. Alright. Were you going to run those down, or should I? I guess that's for you. Alright. Well, first of all, he says over 2,800 fans uh, were at the Orlando double shoot on uh, a double shot. What the hell? On uh, over WrestleMania weekend, um, our age officials feel that Saturday's event would have drawn better. But obviously, some fans went to the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. Obviously, for Ric Flair's induction. Honestly, I can't blame them, yeah, even though it was. Yeah, it is. But a lot of people said that um, Saturday show was the best of the weekend, and that includes the TNA tapings, obviously, and WrestleMania. Since WrestleMania was a very good show, I'm even more excited for this on uh, DVD. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Uh, They are returning to Orlando on October 11th uh, for a double shot down in Florida on, that's a Saturday night. October 10th, the Friday night, will be in FIP territory in Coral Springs, which I'm not, oh, I'm sorry, reverse those. Oh, no, wait, I had it right the first time. October 10th at Coral Springs, and October 11th in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, I, God, I haven't been to Orlando in years, but from what I remember, it was a shithole, and Disney really doesn't help much, so, you know, maybe I'll make it down there. Who knows? Cool. Um, yeah, next up, 
He said, uh, Gabe goes on to say that there were some interesting uh, guests backstage, and among them was the first time ROH champion Loki. Uh, there was no communication or conversation between Key and ROH officials. This is just a little tease, I think, you know, trying to throw a bait and switch. Obviously, uh, Loki does not work for TNA anymore, as far as I know. Uh, you know, hopefully, I, I am keeping my fingers crossed for. Yeah. You know, Loki is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and he's actually back wrestling in PWG right now out in California, so maybe that leaves some hope for ROH, even though there's some heat Absolutely. there. Definitely. Yeah, and last if week on our podcast, if you didn't catch that, go back and download it, but uh, Jeff Schwartz, a guy who was at both ROH shows and was also backstage because he's all cool like that he had a conversation also uh homicide was there um mm-hmm. hernandez johnny divine with loki so interesting that's right absolutely and i just remember um on a brief side note i keep on hearing i i, I had never seen them at the shows but apparently at a fifth year festival and good times great memories cm punk was kind of lurking around backstage that's just a rumor. I did not see him. I can't confirm that. That's just what a few people told me. It would be awesome if he were there, but unfortunately, it's just a rumor at this point. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a year ago, so who really cares now? Yeah. All right. Uh, next up on the business notes uh, is actually something I'm very happy about. Uh, TNA is said to be uh, very open about ROH booking TNA contracted talent. Discussions are ongoing. Obviously, we have the Motor City Machine Guns uh, booked uh, for April 18th in Detroit against the Age of the Fall and April 19th in Chicago for a rematch of what was the best match last year, in my eyes at least, uh, to take on the Briscoes in Chicago Ridge. Let's see, we also have Peyton Banks, also known as Rain, uh, worked in, let's see, she worked for both companies over uh, ROH weekend for ROH and TNA, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have something that I... I'm not entirely sure how to feel about this. The first set of ROH training cards has been released. Uh, it's a six-card set. It includes Brian Danielson, Nigel McGinnis, uh, the Briscoes, Roderick Strong, Chris Hero, and Austin Aries. Uh, they are coming... They are packaged in with the uh, Stars of Honor and Bloodstained Honor DVDs that were just released in FIE and Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know how to feel about this. I remember you know getting those shitty WWE training cards way back in the day. You know I had Andre the Giant and Macho Man training with my friends for crushing Berserker. Well, I wasn't quite that old, and I never got those. Yeah. But I did read on the forums that these trading cards are like the size of half a sheet of paper. They're not like trading card sized. Oh shit! Yeah. So they're actual like, you know. Yeah, Almost like, mini posters. Yeah. Nice. Way to go, so. ROH, then. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you got those autographed, I could see them being nice. But uh, that seems... I mean, I, I can't fault them for marketing more towards uh, a younger audience, which I'm actually going to discuss later on in the broadcast when we talk about the main event for Boston. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know what? I, if they want to expand, I think that can only be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if and they want to reach a wider audience... Deep. Oh, yeah. Okay, speaking of those DVDs, apparently uh, it was found on the forums that, I don't know how to say it, I'm probably going to screw this up, but 
I guess it's Cock Vision, the company. Uh, Koch Vision. Koch. Koch Vision. <laughs> uh, open mouth, insert foot. Um, apparently, they posted on their websites the next two ROH compilation DVDs to be released on June or July eighth of this year. They're called The Greatest Rivalries and Best in the World, which there's been a lot of speculation about what rivalries and stuff, and whether it's going to be a Brian Danielson DVD, which is a joke, or highlighting international talent. But uh, also on Amazon, the cover art was posted, so I guess that gives us a clue of who's going to be on there. Um, it's loading for a second. I know Best in the World uh, features Joan Kabashi on the cover front and center, which I doubt they'll put the, the full 60-minute match, but I think they'll probably put the tag match from, from Unforgettable, which right. could be cool. Well, that wasn't a 60-minute match, was it? Was it? Oh, no, it was a good 40 I think. Oh, you're thinking of Joe. I think you might be thinking yeah. of Joe versus Joe Punk too. Yeah. Yeah. And one. Oh, and one as well. Yeah. yeah. But it was a long match, and it probably wouldn't be best for newer audiences to ROH because one of the best things about that match was the history behind Kenta Kobashi coming to America, and people want to appreciate that. So. That is very true. Plus, they want to get more mainstream names out there. So, Joe, Homicide, and Key in one match with Kobashi would be better. Plus, Unforgettable is out of stock on the website. So, that would be a nice way to sell the match. And then on the bottom, it's got Danielson, El Generico for some reason. Nick Foley. Yeah. I guess he's Mexican, which he's really Canadian. But all right. Which is amusing. Mm-hmm. Nick Foley. Have you seen that guy's MySpace page? El Generico. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Do yourself that favor. Danielson's is funny, too. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is. I like Delirious's for some... Oh, God, we can go on and on and yeah. on talking about MySpace pages all night. Mm-hmm. But this one also has Nick Foley, Austin Aries, and Punk nice. on it. Awesome. And then the greatest rivals has uh, looks like Homicide and Joe front and center, and then Austin Aries again, Punk again, Danielson again, Roderick Strong and Eric Stevens. Oh, good for Eric Stevens. Yeah, they'll probably have uh, Roderick Strong and Eric Stevens feud, um, Roddy and Danielson probably. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Homicide and Joe, because Homicide's got Joe in like a camel clutch sort of thing with a chain around his neck. I don't know what that's from, but looks pretty intense. And then probably, I don't know, with Punk, probably not Joe, because they had uh, the third match on one of the first DVDs, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Maybe Punk and Aries at Death Before Dishonor 3, which I'd be happy about, uh, including the absolutely. promo. Or maybe Punk and Raven, Wrestle Rave promo and such. Oh, yeah. But sorry, I'll let you continue with your business notes. 
Oh, no, thank you very much. Uh, just a few more left. Uh, Noah allowed Go Shiozaki to miss the first few shows of his tour uh, so he could wrestle at the Orlando shows, which I thought was a nice gesture on their part. It's very good to keep this uh, open communication going between the two companies. Very nice of them. Uh, absolutely. Uh, both Orlando shows will go into immediate WWE... Uh, yeah, what the hell am I talking about? Both Orlando shows will go into immediate DVD production. Good. Uh, let's see what else. The business dealings with Dragon Gate in Orlando went extremely smooth. The relationship between ROH and Dragon Gate continues to grow stronger. And uh, actually, that was it. Yep. I think uh, uh, I agree with the guy who posted this, that Gabe's just messing with everyone by mentioning Loki. Yeah, I know. I love it when he does shit like that, though. Yeah. But, that's cool. Well, uh, what, you think uh, we should move on to the old, uh, Kota Ibushi profile now? Uh, yeah, we'll do that, and then what we'll do is we should, uh, what we're going to do after that is we're going to run down the cards for mm -hmm. uh, this weekend, and we'll give a couple predictions here and there, and uh, we're going to discuss a few of the happenings going on for this absolutely huge weekend in mm -hmm. our Ring of Honor's history, but right now, uh, Steve will bring us a profile of a man from Japan who stole the show at Noah's, uh, uh, the big Noah show back in uh, J July of last year, Kota Ibushi making his debut tomorrow night against Stevie Richards. So go right ahead, Steve. That he is. Uh, Kota Ibushi, obviously Japanese, as you said. He was born in 1982, which makes him uh, turning 26 next month. So he's a very young man. Um, he is five foot nine and weighs 180 pounds. And for some reason, this Japanese fan site has his blood type listed as zero <laughs> or O. So, okay. But he debuted in July of 2004, which means he's only been wrestling for four years. So, right. Which was the same as Shingo, coincidentally. He's currently the independent junior heavyweight title in Japan, which is a multi-promotional title recognized by, obviously, his home promotion of DDT, which is a smaller indie promotion in Japan that stands for Dramatic Deem Te Dream Team, for some reason. Um, he is a... High flying wrestler is what it seems to me. I haven't seen any of his wrestling actually, besides some highlights on YouTube and clips like that. But Steve, you're missing out. Yeah, apparently he does a 6:30 Phoenix Splash, which, according to this, was accidentally well, was originally done accidentally in 2005 when he went for a Phoenix Splash but ended up rotating 180 degrees. <laughs> but that's insane. Which he calls that the Golden Star Press and he calls the Golden Star Press 2007 his springboard Phoenix Splash. Apparently he finishes matches also with a German, a Tiger Suplex, a regular Phoenix Splash, um, Ankle Lock, apparently, a standing shooting star press, and stuff like that. Do you have anything else to add about Koto Bushi? Well, I was lucky enough to see the uh, aforementioned tag match 
from last summer where he teamed up with Marafuji to take on um, Kenta and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, Dave Meltzer rated the match at four and three quarters. I agree with that. Uh, it came, I rated it num- my second favorite match from last year, just behind the uh, City Machine Guns match. This guy is an absolutely incredible high flyer. I mean, not necessarily that the moves are you know new or innovative, ex- except for the uh, springboard uh, Phoenix Splash and the Phoenix Splash into a 630. But uh, he integrates it better into his matches than anyone I've seen in a while. So I, for one, am very excited to see him in action this weekend. Uh, Davey Richards should be a good opponent for him. They should have a good mix of styles. Uh, Davey Richards has worked well with high flyers, including Pac, regardless of what some people think. But uh, I, I think it's a... Uh, I'm really looking forward to what he's going to bring to the table. And I think he's going to have a very memorable weekend this, uh, in ROH. No, me too. I should look up that tag match as well. But, um, Absolutely. Yeah. As you said, tomorrow he's wrestling Davey Richards, which should be a great match, I think, as Davey Richards is one of my favorite ROH wrestlers. Me uh, too. Yeah. Saturday against Claudio. Uh-huh. Next Friday in Detroit, Tag Wars 2008, uh, teaming with a partner to be announced, which will probably be affected by the happenings of this weekend, should change and affect the cards a lot, which we'll talk about later. But him and a partner to be announced against the Briscoes. And the next night in Chicago against El Generico to finish out his four-night stint in ROH. Mm-hmm. Yum. This is going to be a hell of a weekend. I think so, too. Speaking of that, you want to go over the cards for this weekend in depth and a little bit more about next weekend as well? Definitely. It's a good segue into this, I think. Sounds cool. All right. Absolutely. We'll start off with the Boston show. Like I said before, I will be in the second row for this of Section D. I cannot fucking wait for it. It's going to be at uh, the Boston University Case Gym. Uh, Very nice venue. I actually... You know, personally, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I like the location of uh, the Roxbury venue better. And I know, uh, Steve, are you very familiar with uh, Boston geography at all? Not at all. All right, well, Roxbury's a really shitty area. Okay. But it's in the, the, the uh, Roxbury Community College. It's, in a, it's like in the developing area. It's right on the part, like on the cusp of uh, Roxbury and Boston, which is why, obviously, they call it Roxbury Crossing. Uh, you know what, though? I really like that building a lot, and it was really easy to find. This, I mean, the Case Gym is, I don't want to, it's a little off the beaten path, but, you know, it's, it's a nicer building, just not in as an easily accessible location. Uh, there was, obviously, a murder outside of uh, Death Before Dishonor 5 this past summer. Really? Uh, did not affect the ROH show at all, but um, I guess it did provide a scare for a few people. I'll bet. Uh, yeah, well, nevertheless, we do have a show at the Case Gym this weekend, and it lo- ROH has been hyping the show up nonstop. Uh, they're really, you know, obviously, once again, with all three brands in town, they really want to outdo themselves and prove once again that they are the foremost brand of wrestling in this country. Uh, headlining the show uh, would be B- Necro Butcher and Kevin Steen. It was just announced that this was going to be the main event in a Boston Massacre match. Uh, I assume this is going to be very similar to a Windy City death match like uh, mm-hmm. Cole and Jimmy Jacobs had last summer. Uh, mm-hmm. Last winter, my mistake. Uh, 
as I said before, I know I don't I don't know if ROH putting out trading cards is uh, indicative of the fact that they want to appeal to a younger audience or whatever. Maybe it's just a nice thing for the current fans. Either way, uh, this this is just going to be. I, I we can't even miss words on this. This match is going to be bloody and violent and awful, and it's going to make me want to cover my eyes. But it's also going to be awesome. These two know how to work the hardcore style. Uh, obviously, Kevin Steen in the ladder match, uh, the ladder war from last year, Boston Street Fight, the Cage uh, cage Rage. Uh, Necro Butcher has had more light tubes stuck in his back than any human being should be allowed to. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, this is just going to be a brutal, brutal match. I know Gabe has said he won't book anything with light tubes, but I'm still a little nervous. I'm a little squeamish about that kind of thing. Hopefully... Either way, this is just going to be a brutal match, and uh, I'm going to make a prediction. Obviously, Kevin Steen has a big weekend going in here. He's got the title match against Nigel on uh, Saturday night, so I think he's going to go over in that match. I agree, too, because I don't, as well as Kevin Steen needing momentum for his title match, I don't think Necro Butcher needs a win to be over with the fans, even though he's a no, big heel. Guy. Exactly. He's, he's a guy that can lose clean, and he'll just get over by the shit he does in the ring. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He could take a clean loss to anyone. He could lose to Pele Primo, and he'd still be over. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up uh, is the world title match for um, the Boston show. Uh, many of you probably remember that Austin Aries uh, was, was supposed to be in a four-corner survival match. However, uh, that is not the case since Austin Aries is unfortunately injured. Uh, they wouldn't give much more information other than that it was a head injury. So we wish a speedy recovery to uh, Austin Aries and hope that he's in attendance for the uh, Detroit and Chicago double shot next weekend. Uh, so the way they switched it up was they made a four-corner survival match. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Rocky Romero. Obviously right there you got a interesting little pairing, and throw in Eric Stevens and El Generico into that mix, and that's looking to be a very, very strong match. Uh, and the winner of that will go on to face Nigel, and my prediction, obviously, is that Nigel will retain that uh, later in the night. Oh, I agree. Sorry, I saw in there for a second. Uh, quite Who do you right. think will win the four-corner survival? Uh, you know, I'm going to go on a limit. I'm going to say El Generico. Uh, I'm going to say Eric Stevens, actually. Or, eh. I don't know. I think Roddy and Rocky will team up to take out Eric Stevens, and either they will uh, make a mistake and hit each other, allowing for Eric Stevens to capitalize, or they'll just take him out, allowing for El Generico to remain unscathed until he finally pulls out a win. Right. Okay. Yep, it's just, uh, I don't know how that match is going to work. I think they're going to tease a lot of dissension with the No Remorse Corps this weekend, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully they don't pull the plug on it too soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show, but, okay. Alright, continuing with uh, Boston, uh, once again, yep, Koto Ibushi versus David Richards will be Ibushi's ROH debut. Uh, we got a match, I'm not entirely, I mean, as far as the actual match goes, I'm sure it'll be fine. I just don't like the concept of face-versus-face tag match. We have the Briscoes versus the Vulture Squad. Uh, the returning Jack Evans and Ruckus. Yeah. Jack Evans from his face injury. He oh, broke Jesus, his yeah. face. Did you see the picture of when he uh, when he broke his face? Yeah. On his MySpace? Oh, my. Yeah, yeah he looks like 
Corey Feldman if he got stung by a bee or something. It was horrible. <laughs> that was ridiculous. It was. Well, speedy recovery for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will be back tomorrow night. Cool. All right. Next up, we have a six-man tag elimination match. Claudio Castagnoli versus Delirious... Uh, not versus. Claudio Castagnoli, Delirious, and Pele Primo will be taking on Larry Sweeney, Chris Hero, and Brent Albright. Wow. Yeah, Claudio yes. really needs to get his hands on Sweeney, finally. I think they'll pull off uh, some dastardly deeds to keep him away. Yeah. I think this is going to be another one of those weekends to get Sweeney. Uh, I, I really don't think it's going to be Claudio's time to get over on Sweeney. I mm-hmm. think they're going to be continuing uh, Sweeney's gaining momentum in his hostile takeover. And uh, later on in the show, we're actually going to be calling Larry Sweeney's voicemail as he left a cryptic message saying that he guarantees a new member of the No Remorse Corps tomorrow night in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I know your and prediction is... Yeah. My prediction, I'm... I'm Going with the consensus, I think it's going to be Eddie Edwards. Yep. Speaking of that, uh, the final announced match for the show is Jigsaw versus the man himself, Eddie Edwards. It should be. Uh, this, this is going to be a pretty good match, I think. Yeah. And also, Eddie Edwards is a. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. No, I was. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Eddie Edwards is uh, probably the most underrated guy in the roster right now. Well, if you ask me, anyway. Okay. But, he always uh, wrestles Boston and Hartford, you know. Yeah. Um, also announced for the show are Daisy Hayes and Jason Blade. And others with three exclamation marks. And others. Marks. Uh, it's probably going to be Rhett Titus. <laughs> Rhett Ski the Jets. Oh, Rhett. Yes, absolutely. Rhett Titus versus Jason Blade. I would like to see that match. Am I the only one who thinks Alex Payne looks like a molester? Uh, I don't think he looks like a molester so much as he does... Like the guy who gets molested, you know? <laughs> I, uh, that's probably oh, a sh- better way of putting it. It looks <laughs> like a creep. Uh, sugar. F- yeah. All right. Moving on to Edison, New Jersey, Saturday night, April 12th. Main event will be Nigel McGuinness versus Kevin Steen. Obviously, uh, if Nigel loses the belt in Boston, which I is obviously very unlikely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it'll, it'll be, you know, whoever wins on Boston, at Boston, facing Kevin Steen. Uh, I, I I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on a Kevin Steen fa- uh, world title reign yet, so I think Nigel's going to retain in that. Yeah, I don't think there's enough build. I know Kevin Steen's been hyped a lot, but not enough against Nigel. There's no Nigel-Steen feud going on. I agree. I'd love to see Maybe Steen later is. in the year? Yeah, Maybe. Maybe a Roderick Strong Steen... type of thing, where uh, not not so much as the title, I mean, but how Danielson and Strong had that chemistry in the ring where they put them in three matches together, but right. maybe Steen winning. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the match that I think will finally, I, well, I don't know, don't want to pull the trigger on this either, uh, the tag title match. Davey Richards and Rocky Romero versus the Briscoe Brothers. Once again, discussing uh, teasing dissension this weekend amongst the No Remorse Corps. I think there is a very good chance that the Briscoes could retain and become the five-time tag team champions. Five-time, five-time, five-time. Five-time. Yeah. That's four. Maybe. 
All right, it's irrelevant. You know what the point is? The Briscoes have a very good chance of winning this weekend, and I I would not like to see. Eh, you know what? All right, who am I kidding? Norman Moore's score is getting a little stale. All three guys are great, but it's time for them to go their separate ways just to freshen things up. I think the Briscoes are going to get the belts back. I think the Briscoes are going to get the belts back, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Norman Moore score is going to break up. Not this weekend, but I think we're going to see the seeds planted for it somewhere in the next month and a half or so. Unfortunately. I know. It's a shame, but they've been going strong for well over a year. Nothing lasts forever, you know? Well, how long did the embassy last? It was a good... Yeah, touche. I'm going to have to Wikipedia All right, what else we got? Alright. Um, while you're doing that, I will run down the rest of the card. Uh, we have Abushi versus Claudio. Um, I think... I don't know, this one's a toss-up. I actually think Claudio's going to take this one. And Ibushi will take a, get the win over Davy Richards. I agree. All right. Uh, next up is a non-title no-DQ match. This one is going to be... I don't know why the hell this man puts his body through this much torture, but Necro Butcher is going to be taking on Roderick Strong. It's going to be another no-disqualification match. And, you know, it's going to get violent. You know, it's going to get bloody again. Uh, you know, thank God Necro Butcher is as big of a pothead as he is, because that's probably the only way he can get up in the morning. Oh, yeah. He was wearing a Dennis Kucinich shirt, and uh, <laughs> I don't remember what show it was, but that was hilarious. Was and he wore a Ron Paul shirt, too. Yeah. Hey, I supported Dennis Kucinich at one point. As did I. All right. But, um... Oh, God, I just have the image of him from Rising Above running across, at the big tag brawl at the end, just him running across the room carrying a plant wearing a Dennis Kucinich shirt. It's one of the most surreal things I've ever seen. He is it. a very violent man. He is. Actually a nice guy, though. I saw him talking to a couple fans outside the last Boston show. Oh. Seemed like a nice dude. As long as he doesn't stack their bodies to the sky. No, he's, he reserves that for uh, his combatants in the ring. Yep. Absolutely. Next up, uh, we actually have a, speak of the devil, rising above pay-per-view rematch. Delirious versus Brent Albright. This was not a very good match on the pay-per-view. I don't think this one's going to be much better. Uh, I think Brent Albright's going to pick up the win since Delirious got the win on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I really think that... The Delirious and Hangman 3 contingent, who aren't really Hangman 3 anymore, but whatever. Feud really needs to end. I think it's getting pretty stale. I despise Adam Pierce. I hated BJ Whitmer. And Brent Albright's alright, and I like Delirious in a comedy role, but when he gets serious, I think it gets a little stale. And even, you know, Delirious comedy, how, how far can you take that, you know? Yeah, but Colt Cabana and Delirious at Fifth Year Festival Finale was one of the funnest wrestling things I've ever seen. Oh, God, it was absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. And they also had a match between them at, I want to say, this Battle for St. Paul, which was also hilarious. Mm, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, continuing with Edison... There's also uh, Jack Evans versus El Generico. More face-versus-face face turmoil. I don't... Uh, it, it, personally, I'd like El Generico to win, but I think Jack Evans is uh, going to be needing an upswing. 
you know, this week, uh, on his comeback weekend, so I think he's going to pick up the win there. I agree. And, you know, El Generico's another one of those guys who it's he's awesome. over just on his entrance alone. Yeah. Yes. My girlfriend All despises right. El Generico, though. I have no idea real really? why. Yeah. Whenever I do either force her or beg her or she decides to be nice and watch ROH with me, she <laughs> hates El Generico. She hates his music. I think she's just creeped out by the fact that he wears a mask because she hates anyone with a mask. He's a Canadian luchador. What, what is he supposed yeah. to do? And uh, I'll always play Ole because I got the song of that by the Bouncing Souls, Bouncing and she'll always freak out. Yes. I love that song. I do as well. I know. Well, I, uh, my ex-girlfriend actually went with me to uh, the Fifth Year Festival and uh, Good Times, Great Memories. For some reason, she loved... Well, I shouldn't say for some reason, but she loved Homicide, and that was only because of her Mexican heritage. <laughs> Lucky her, she got she to was see a, some good wrestling. Oh, yeah, she definitely did. And she actually appreciated it, which was nice of her, because she hates wrestling otherwise, so God bless her soul. All right, moving on. Uh, Eric, this is a really weird tag team match. Eric, <laughs> Eric Stevens and Pele Primo versus Chris Hero and none other than Bobby Dempsey. Very weird. I kind of wish Boston got that tag match, but you know what? I'm sure it'll be just fine on DVD. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, this is Bobby Dempsey's... I, I can't remember the last time Bobby Dempsey had a match on the main card. Neither can I, wow. Huh. Maybe this is his first. Maybe this is his first chance at showing some resentment towards Chris Hero and everyone. Possibly. Hopefully. And maybe it's Yeah, hopefully he shows some actual, you know, skill in the ring too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gotta be improving. Yeah. Alright. What else we got? Final match that is uh listed is uh, triple threat match Jigsaw versus Eddie Edwards versus Mitch Franklin so they're bringing up the students which I like personally I would have liked Red Ski the Jet Ski a little bit more but uh, you know Mitch Franklin's not bad either no no I think uh, Jigsaw's gonna take this one in a cakewalk I don't right. see Eddie Edwards getting in a um, yeah even though alright this is I just realized this is essentially the same exact match as Boston except they're throwing Mitch Franklin in well, either way, yeah, Jigsaw's going to take it, I think. Which leads me to believe maybe Eddie Edwards will take the match in Boston. That is weird that it is Jigsaw and Eddie Edwards in Boston, and then Jigsaw, Eddie Edwards, and Mitch Franklin in Edison. Right. I think that has Kinda something weirder. to do with him possibly being the one to join Sweet and Sour Inc. You know what? People have been saying for the longest time, bring Eddie Edwards up to the main roster. The guy is a great worker. He's toured with Noah before. He knows his shit. He steals... Well, I don't want to say he steals the show, but he always goes out there and has a solid match. And I think up again... But he always wrestles guys like Pele Primo and Jason Blade. If he went out there and had a match with, like, uh, you know, Davey Richards or Eric Stevens, I think the guy can do have some really memorable matches. And he has some pretty cool hair. Oh, God, I love the hair. Uh, so that'll do it for the uh, two shows this weekend. Those uh, sure be, absolutely, I think they look like very solid cards. Uh, let's see. Briefly talking about Tag Wars 2008, a singles match has been signed. 
it's going to be Joey Matthews versus Jigsaw. It's going to be a really... Yeah, I guess that one can go either way in terms of quality, but I think uh, Joey Matthews is going to pick up the win. No one likes the guy, so he's going to need all the momentum he can get, you know? Mm-hmm. There's also a false count anywhere between Necro Butcher and Delirious on that show. Uh-huh. I think Delirious will win Jeez. it. Uh, I don't know. I got a Necro Butcher is going to job out twice this weekend, so I think he'll probably get the win over Delirious. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm not. Gonna, I'm probably not going to be able to make it to this show, even though I did get a car last Saturday, which is pretty exciting. But it's in Detroit, and I'm in Brighton. But I know a lot of people, or some of the people that are listening. Actually, everyone who's listening isn't going to be familiar with the area, but it's a good 50, 60 miles away, and having just got a car, I don't know. Plus, it's well, not in the best part of town. you haven't been driving very long? Uh, you really haven't been driving very long? or I got my license in the fall, and I've been driving my dad's truck and my girlfriend's car around. Uh, but All right. So, 60 miles in a bad part of town. In a town that's not pretty nice anyway. I know. Well, hey, like I said, you know, Roxbury, there was a fucking murder outside of Death Before Dishonor, so who knows? Oh, yeah. Detroit's not All right. quite that bad. Well, that part's not that quite bad, but still bad. Well, doesn't... Wasn't... Yeah, Detroit... I, mean, I just remember this list that they come out with every year, the 25 most dangerous cities in the country. Detroit's one. Detroit is number one. Last year yep. it was St. Louis, but... They retook the crown this year. Here's Detroit. We are the most murderous city. There's more murders in Detroit than anywhere in the world. And there are more fat people in any anywhere in the world than in Detroit. Congratulations, Steve. Yeah. Fat, deadly people. <laughs> oh, yes, it's beautiful. Detroit's a great town. If you actually live in Detroit, it's, uh... I've never been, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Yep. There's a 500-pound cereal crusher on the loose. If anyone gets that reference, uh, they get something. I don't, so... Okay. Bear with me, unfortunately. Alright, moving on. There were some questions posted on the uh, main page of uh, com. And, uh, Steve, would you like to go over those? Sure thing. Uh, ROH Booker right. Gabe Sapolsky posted these. There's some sort of loose ends that are going to be tied up in Edison and Boston that I think we can predict, or we can try at least. Uh, The first question that he poses is, can ROH world champion Nigel McGuinness survive two title defenses in one weekend? What do you think? Well, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Lesser champions have survived double shots before. I think Nigel will retain both nights. Yep. All right. Uh, will Kevin Steen become world champion in Edison and reach the next level of career? I think he won't become world champion, as we just said, but I think he will reach a new level in his career. He'll truly be elevated to a main event singles star as well as a tag star after this weekend. I agree. I think, um, you know, if the world title match doesn't put him over the edge, then the Boston Massacre sure as hell will. Yes. 
Uh, speaking of great tag team stars as well as main event single stars, uh, will Jay and Mark Briscoe become the five-time tag team champions in New Jersey? Joyzy. Yes. I agree. I All right. So. Uh, who is Larry Sweeney going to sign in Boston? like our connection to Ryan was lost but he's going to try and get reconnected and I'll give him my prediction for that kind of stuff I think it's going to be Eddie Edwards as most people do I know Ryan had voiced that opinion earlier and uh, right now speaking of uh, Sweet and Sour Inc I think we should call the number that Larry Sweeney has been passing on his business cards, which gives a pre-recorded voice message uh, of a cryptic message in which he actually announced that one of his signees would be unveiled. Well, here we go. The offices. I'm Sweeney Sour Incorporated, and I'm sorry. Right now, Larry Sweeney can't take your call, pal, because I'm on vacation in lovely Tijuana, Mexico. After Brent Albright, Adam Pierce, Shane Hagedorn, and I have had our share of the Mexican sun and our share of the margaritas, we'll be back to business. We'll be back in business on April 11th in Boston. You see, that night, I guarantee that I will sign the newest member of Sweet and Sour Incorporated. You can say this guy is the perfect example of someone who has the raw talent, who I will mold to make a star and make a lot of money. Ain't no doubt about it. <laughs> Thank you for calling. I guess that's his message. It seems pretty interesting. Especially the comment about the raw talent, which I believe means that it will be someone who is not currently over right now. Well, Ryan, I guess, is has been logged off the messaging service we use to record the podcast. I have his phone number here that we can call to try and get him connected. Uh, let's do that. Is this ringing? Hello? Ryan? Yes, my computer crashed. Okay, that's all right. Uh, and I'm calling you right now. We're still recording. All right, that's what I figured. Okay, cool. I just... The last question was, who do you think Larry Sweeney is going to sign? I said Eddie Edwards, and I know you agreed, and then I ended up calling the Sweet and Sour Inc. voicemail. All right. So you, okay. you already went through the uh, voicemail already? Yep. All right. Listen to that. Uh, what's that? 
Yeah, we just listened to that. And okay. Talk right, about that for a second. Cool. And then the next question is, what will Sweet and Sour Inc.'s newest member do in Edison? Uh, well, I think that's kind of obvious. If they're going to be in Boston, they'll be in Edison, too. Yeah. Um, the next question is, what will Necro Butcher and Kevin Steen pull out in Boston? I am nervous to even think about it. Yeah, I bet it's going to be a batshit crazy match. Um, I don't think they'll do anything to necessarily top the ladder war, but I think it'll be definitely different. Hopefully, if it's a Falls Count Anywhere match and it goes around the arena, then they'll have... I don't know how the venue's set up, but hopefully you can see. Oh, thank you. I'm sure I'll be able to. It's um, it's actually it, it's a very intimate venue, so, uh, you know, I think there'll be plenty of room to move around. It's a lot smaller than the um, Reggie Lewis Track Center. Okay. That's nice. All right. But, Is that uh, the uh, last question on there? or There's a couple more. Um, right. Can Claudio Castagnoli finally get a measure of revenge on Larry Sweeney in Boston? And not quite yet, I don't think. Yeah. Even though I know people on the ROH forums have adopted a movement of sorts to quote-unquote adopt Claudio Castagnoli, I know some of the members had contributed to buy him a Red Sox jersey with Castagnoli on the back and money signs where the numbers had gone and planned to present it to him at the show. I don't think they'll book this quite yet. I agree. Not quite yet. And I think it's good that uh, you know Boston fans are finally taking for Claudio. Claudio obviously loves Boston, loves the fans. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Proving Ground yet? Uh, I have. Okay. During, I don't know how it came across. Like the during this match with Marcus, a uh, chant started, and that chant, um, everyone knows. Everyone who's there knows. It was "We love Snapmares." Oh yeah. Oh God, yes, that was a beautiful moment. Quite funny. I, I know it pissed off a lot of people, but I, I, you know, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that kind of stuff. I don't see why people have to get so uptight. It's professional wrestling people. It's two men in their underwear rolling around with each other in a set sense. Absolutely. So you don't need all to right. be all uptight. And, oh no, they're doing a chant that doesn't give the sport dignity. Exactly. You know what? When we got shit like Barack Obama versus Hillary Clinton on uh, Monday Night Raw, I think we should, if, if we love Snapmare chants, are the worst we have to worry about in Ring of Honor, I think we should consider ourselves lucky. Very lucky. Yes. Um, All right. You know, All right, I got my computer back up and running. You just want to try and give me a call on that? Sure thing. All right, hang on. Let me just get my microphone connected. I think... That's what's been causing the computer to crash. Some kind of drama fuck up or something. Alright. Well, that's what you get for using Windows. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm not gonna uh, preach about using a Mac, but... 
benefits are there, people. I know. Alright. Okay, so I'll try and give you a call in there now. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Call in the man, hopefully. Steve? Yes. Can you hear me? Yep. Cool. Alright, I am back. Good. We missed you, even though we talked to you on the phone. I know. I miss me, too. That happens sometimes. That's kind of weird. Yep. Anyway, uh, just a couple uh, more questions. I'm going to skip a few of them because they're not really that interesting. But how do you think the No Remorse Corps remembers Roder members Roderick Strong and Rocky Romero will react to being in the same match for a world title shot? That's a good question. Um, honestly, I think at one point they're going to like you said, there's going to be some kind of miscommunication between the two, and it's going to lead to a victory of either Kevin Steen or uh, El Generico. Not Kevin Steen, uh, Eric, Eric Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, d I don't think so, actually. Uh, Roderick Strong and Rocky Romero, even in the promos and stuff, and were portrayed as like closer, like the two cool best friends, and then Davy Richards is sort of the nerdy little brother sort of thing. Right. So I think I don't think there'll be so much dissension amongst them because at the I know at the Orlando shows when Sweeney was trying to get them in, Roddy and Rocky tore up their business cards and uh, Davy put it into his tights. So I, I I think they'll stay solid and then Davy will tease dissension. Yeah, so but that also. That, that begs the question. And obviously, I don't think it's going to be Roderick. Roderick Strong got his title shot a few months ago in uh, Chicago, and um, I just don't think it's time for Rocky Romero yet. So my question is, is it going to be... Uh, what kind of... Like, what is going to lead to El Generico or Eric Stevens getting the title shot? And it's either going to be some kind of miscommunication or a, a, a double team and taking out by... Stevens and Generico. I think it'll be uh, Strong and Stevens being too focused, or Strong and Romero being too focused on taking out Stevens and ignoring all Generico, and he can sneak up and slap a brainbuster on one of them and finish it. Uh, that's right. I'm predicting Steven or uh, Steen over Romero. Steen over Romero. Yep. And Roderick Strong go. might get too distracted with beating Stevens then to run in there and break up the pin, which could cause some dissension, but I think that'll be it. Mm, Generico over Strong. Okay. Yeah, I know it's kind of a long shot, but no guts, no glory predictions. Yeah. And uh, we've skipped a few, but I think the last question we should do is... Can Necro Butcher even the score on Roderick Strong and Edison for the vicious finish of their match at the 6th anniversary show? Which I have gotten, but haven't seen yet, so I don't recall what their finish was. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... Dude, that's a good question. I think, yeah, Necro Butcher's going to need some kind of win coming out of this weekend. I mean, you know, there's only so much a guy can do losing every single time he goes out there, you know? Yeah. 
So I think, yeah, I think he, he will. I think he'll lose to Kevin Steen on Friday night, and what will probably be the better match of the two. And I think he's going to have a very brutal match with Roderick Strong Saturday night, and I think he'll pick up the win or pick up the win there. Yeah, that seems quite sensible. Absolutely. Um, this isn't one of the questions on there, but this is a question I want to ask you. Uh, Nigel McGuinness and a partner to be announced are going to be wrestling Kevin Steen and El Generico in Detroit. Who do you think Nigel's partner is going to be? Ooh, that's a good question. I haven't even thought of that. Um, Brian Danielson's not signed, so... He's in... I don't know. I I honestly don't even know, so I'm just going to say low-key. Okay. I'm in the same boat there. I have no idea. I mean... There's not many true heels in ROH. Um, there's all the sweet and sour people. Possibly Brent Elbright, maybe. I don't think they'd put him in a tag. He's not really a good tag wrestler. Well, I guess Ryan's connection has dropped again. I can continue to talk for a couple minutes, which is all right while we get this situated out. Um, what should I talk about? Um, ROH, Ring of Honor, the company that wrestles, has released some new DVDs as they do occasionally. Um, They've also released some new t-shirts. New t-shirts released in the last week or two include a no a new No Remorse Core shirt, which is pretty awesome. It features three skulls, possibly representing the three members, and two machine guns on the front saying No Remorse Core and an NRC logo type type thing of type of thing on the back. It's pretty cool looking. A uh, new Briscoe shirt uh, on the front is a stencil drawing sort of outline of Jay and Mark. Looks sort of graffitied on the front. It says Briscoe Brothers. And on the back, spray paint-esque writing saying looking for a fight. Uh, they're both, or that's a black t-shirt. And the NRC one's like a charcoal gray. They're both pretty nice looking. Before that, there was a pair of Delirious shirts released, a green one and a red one to match both of his masks that say Insane, Intense, Incoherent, which I wish was a tease at them permanently tagging Delirious and Halo Wicked in Incoherence, but unfortunately it doesn't look like that. Uh, there's a Necro Butcher shirt out. On the front, it says Necro Butcher and has an arm extending with the barbed wire wrapped around it. And on the back, there's a barbed wire strand, I guess you would say. And it says, Pile the Bodies to the Sky, in reference to his promo. And I believe... Mm, I want to say Rising Above or Man Up, one of the pay-per-views. Pre- when he said, uh, I told you if you'd let me out of my cage, I'd stack the bodies to the sky. Which was a pretty intense line, but they turned it into a t-shirt. There's also an Age of Fall shirt. It says, um, 
it's it's centered in the lower right hand corner as some of those uh, hot topic esque shirts are it says across the top the time to move and then down the side is now and it's got a funky little red metallic design and finally there's a Kevin Steen t-shirt which I might have to buy myself uh, it's modeled to look after his singlet it's modeled after his singlet is what I'm trying to say there's the wrapper on the neck of the red and white it's a black t-shirt it's got the picture of him doing the moonsault on the front and says Kevin Steen on the back with some romantic lettering and some flourishes on it I know I just acquired um, Breakout Without Remorse, the 6th anniversary show, and one other show. Ryan? Ryan, are you there? I am back. Okay, cool. Computer crash down? Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with this thing. Whenever I connect the microphone, it always shuts down. That sucks. We're going to have to get that fixed. We will. We'll get it sorted out. I apologize for the um, kind of haphazard format this week, but the uh, yeah, situation is beyond our control. Kind of, We had to push it back and even, you know, at least, you know, at least the mic's not cutting out. It's just crashing the computer. Yep, that's all right. I talked in your absence. I continued talking for a little bit, and then I moved on to the new releases. I talked about the T-shirts, and I just started yep. talking about the new DVDs that have been released. Obviously, the retail DVDs that we talked about earlier in the show were released. Also, a Ring of Honor Windbreaker was released, which looks pretty cool. Nice. Uh, rising Above, the pay-per-view, the... The full edition was released. Um, I know the latest shows being released were Breakout in Dayton, Ohio from January 25th, Without Remorse from January 26th in Chicago. Features Nigel McGuinness and Roderick Strong for the title. Breakout featured Chris Harrow and Nigel McGuinness in a cage. Danielson vs. Tyler Black. Eric Stevens vs. Austin Aries vs. Davey Richards for the FIP title. And the NRC vs. Age of the Fall. Without Remorse had that aforementioned Nigel vs. Roderick Strong for the title, Ultimate Endurance tag titles with Age of the Fall, The Hangman through B.J. Whitmer and Brent Albright in one of B.J. Whitmer's last matches in ROH, Rocky Romero and Davey Richards and vs. a qualifying match winner, I'm not going to give a spoiler there, and Adam Pearce vs. Delirious in a dog collar match. Uh, next we got Eye of the Storm, which was the one-night tournament before... The sixth anniversary show. It was, I believe, it, oh, it was in Deer Park, New York. Uh, the title featured Brian. Da or the tournament featured Brian Danielson, Austin Aries, Kevin Steen, El Generico, Rocky Romero, Necro Butcher, Delirious, and the U.S. debut of Go Shiozaki competing in the tournament. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that for people who want to watch the DVD. It looks to be a pretty good match. I know the first round matches were Brian Danielson and Rocky Romero, Delirious and Kevin Steen, Austin Aries and Neil Generico, Necro Butcher and Go Shiozaki, uh, Four Corner Survival between Human Tornado, Jason Blade, Pelly Primo, and Mitch Franklin. Uh, one of the non-tournament matches as well, Jigsaw and Ruckus of... Uh, the Vulture Squad versus Jimmy Jacobs and Zach Gowan and Zach Gowan's ROH debut. 
in the Larry Sweeney show featuring Larry Sweeney, and then some semifinal matches for the tournament and the finals. Um, after that was released was the sixth anniversary show in New York, New York, which was a great show. I believe I haven't watched had the chance to watch it yet. I hope so. I know there was a match between Delirious and Human Tornado, which I believe was interrupted or something. I'm not going to try and remember what yeah. that was. But. Yeah, I know there was a lot of comedy playing in the beginning. I just can't remember how, the, how it finished. Yeah, I think it was a comedic match, and they announced it as Human Tornado's must-win match, and then they were jumped by, what? I believe, the Age of the Fall, which turned into a tag match. Makes then sense. El Generico and Brent Albright... Uh, Larry Sweeney show featuring Larry Sweeney with special guest Alan da Allison Danger, in, which featured oh, a big yes. the, the big rape controversy, which I'm not even yep. going to get into. But well, I wrote a big article about it a couple months ago, so I don't really feel like revisiting it. Okay. Uh, Kevin Steen and Joey Matthews, which was actually said to be a pretty good match, I believe, if I recall correctly. Actually, I heard different. Really. Yeah, I heard that, uh, well, from what I understood, this is an exact quote from, uh, well, not exact quotes, it, w it was from uh, whoever was doing the results, and then I can't quite remember who it was, but they said that um, uh, Joey Matthews was wrestling a WWE style, and it was pissing everyone off, so I'm yeah, assuming there was a lot of rest holds, a lot of standard, you know. Mm -hmm. I took that to mean that he was doing it to be a heel, that he knew it would have pissed everyone off, and he was doing it on purpose. Hmm, I don't know. Well, I'm going to have to watch the match to actually see you know, why. After that was right. Austin, was a match that Renault was going to be good, Austin Aries versus Go Shiozaki. Mm -hmm. uh, then Sarah Del Rey and Daisy Hayes for the Shimmer title match. Uh, the No Remorse Crow of Rocky Mero and Davey Richards versus Jigsaw and Ruckus of the Vulture Squad in a world title or tag team title match, which I'm really looking forward to because those... That's one of my favorite style clashes in wrestling is like the the hard kicking, hard hitting, br brawling team versus the high flying, bendable team. I just love that. Yes. Oh uh, well, you know we got Richards and Ibushi this weekend, so I should give you your fill on that. I'm excited. And uh, then Roderick Strong versus Eric Stevens versus Necro Butcher in another three-way for the FIP World Heavyweight title match. And Nigel versus Brian Danielson in which I believe was the one where uh, Danielson or N Nigel had asked Danielson not to hit him in the head because he didn't want to get injured again. And Danielson upheld that his part of the deal and Nigel went after Danielson. Ugh. Anyway. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that was held on February 23rd, and I know ROH is getting a lot more frequent with their ROH DVD releases, which is a good thing. Uh, that one took a little less than, a, or a little more than a month to take out, which some of the other shows have, been, have taken up to two months. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's a good thing they're uh, really starting to pick it up on the DVD production. I think since they're exposing themselves to a wider fan base, it's only a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. They need to get more product out there. I agree. Well, uh, I think that's most of the new releases. Um, I don't know. I guess we have a little thing here. I guess you could call it a game where one of us is going to say what we think, 
uh, a wrestling move, and the other one is going to respond to that with who they think does the best version of that wrestling move, and then uh, give a wrestling move for the next person to respond to. And there shouldn't we shouldn't discuss these too in depth, but just say who we think. So maybe a little bit about why, but I think we can do that for maybe three minutes. You think? Good amount of time. Just about. Okay. All right, well, uh, what, what do we have planned after this? Um, yeah, no. I don't know if we have much left, actually. I know we tightened right. up a lot since last show. We've been recording well, yeah. for... It's uh, a good thing. Last week's show was three hours long, so I think it's better off. This yeah, it's two hours and 40 minutes, but we did have a full WrestleMania review and two show reviews with Colin, so... It's been about an hour and 20 minutes now, so not too bad. No, not at all. Nope. All right. You want to start uh, out, well, and I'll one. keep uh, yeah, running yeah. time? Um, I'll, I'll start it off, and uh, yeah, I have one little news note after after this game, and then we'll call it a night there. How about that? That sounds cool. And then maybe right. we can each give a little bit of a plug after that, and then say goodbye. So. Cool. All right, sounds good. Why don't you start All right, it off? You want me to start off on this then? Yep. Or, okay, uh, pretty easy move. Uh, obviously, my first choice, go to sleep. Go to sleep, uh, definitely Kenta. And I'll say Lariat. Oh, of course. Or Lariat. Uh, Nigel. Nigel? Okay, I would have said yeah, Kobashi myself, but... Well, Alright, that's a good choice. Alright, how about the uh, Phoenix Splash? Phoenix Splash, Tyler Black. Mm, well, I think you might change your mind after you see Ibushi do it. Okay. I'll keep an eye peeled. Right. I'm going to switch to a diving headbutt without any Benoit jokes. Oh, God, how can I still make jokes about it? Um, <laughs> diving headbutt. Uh, oh, God. I don't know. Who even does it anymore? I can't even think. Davy Richards, Danielson. Oh. Umaga. Umaga. <laughs> and when he gave Venus on Monday night, stiff as hell. Okay. Alright, uh, how about the... Uh, this is an interesting one, since we're thinking about uh, Chris Benoit. The uh, Crippler Crossface. Crippler Crossface. It's a move that's been know. used a lot in WWE lately. Didn't it? Uh, was it Triple H who pulled it off at Mania? Yep. Okay. Well, Shawn I'm going to say last, though. Survivor Series. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm actually, I, I really liked uh, Shawn Michaels' version of it. He did it at uh, Survivor Series against, uh, the hell's his name? Randy Orton. Okay. I haven't seen that, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Shawn Michaels is a man. Amongst your boys. <laughs> well, he has, what, like 42, 43? Yeah. Um, what's another good one? Uh, snap Suplex. Keep it on the Benoit snap note. <laughs> well, we might as well just go through Benoit's entire repertoire. I'm actually going to go with Davey Richards for this one, though. Cool. Okay. Alright. Let me think. Uh... It's harder than you think. It's fun, though. Yeah, it is. 
What about the sharpshooter? A lot of guys have been doing that lately, too. Ooh, sharpshooter. Uh, I'm going to go with one that's probably a lot less popular than saying um, uh, Bret Hart and go with Kevin Steen. I agree. Well, obviously, you know, Bret Hart's been long retired, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think Kevin Steen does it really well, and I think that's obviously more of an homage than anything else. Yeah. He, he is Canadian, if people aren't aware of that. Uh-huh. Um, All right. Oh, it's my turn now, isn't it? It is. Uh, it is getting hard to think of these moves. Like, you think you can think of just one common move that they do. But it's really, yeah. you know, you don't want to start chop. getting repetitive. Knife edge chop. The chop. Knife edge chop. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with Eddie Edwards. Really? Yes. I know it's an un- unconventional choice. Eddie Edwards. Okay. How about you? I'd say Roger Strong. Roger, well, obviously, it's, it's a good choice, too. But, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to be unconventional with these, but God damn it, is that stiff. It doesn't really come across well on DVD, but uh, Eddie Edwards is just absolutely amazing to watch live. Okay. Hopefully I'll have the opportunity really to see him sometime in the future. Hopefully. I, ho- I really hope he gets a full-time spot on the roster. If he joins Sweet and Sour, hopefully he will, too. And more than just uh, Northeast. Yes, hopefully. Well, you know, I was just going to say he was at uh, Manhattan Mayhem 2, but uh, that was in New York. You know, I'm, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. New England and New York really don't get along very well, and New England is what we consider ourselves the real Northeast. We don't even consider New York part of it. Okay. I will refrain from men- <laughs> mentioning New York as the Northeast from now on. Don't want any kind right. of right. true Northeast viewers. Listen, my fellow, yeah, my fellow uh, New Englanders, we thank you for it. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to do one more move each? Sure. Your turn. All right. Uh, Jesus. All right. This is an interesting one. I don't know if you can think of more than one person who's done this. How about the Canadian destroyer? Canadian destroyer. Wow. Yeah. I know there's Petey. And yep. who else has done it? I know there's a guy, I can't think of his name, who did it in IWA Mid-South, but he did it off. I think he did a running one, which was pretty sweet. And I know I've oh, seen shit. clips on YouTube of someone doing it off a turnbuckle. Human Tornado. That's what I'm saying. Human, Human Tornado, Tornado does yep. a great Canadian destroyer. All right. Well, I was thinking of someone else from the WWE who actually did it. Really? And I know... Yeah, Steve, I know you don't follow WWE more uh, that often, but uh, you gotta, because sometimes you'll just get a gem, because someone did a Canadian Destroyer to Matt Hardy back at uh, the famous London Monday Night Raw back in April of last year, and that person was Trevor Murdoch. No. Yes. Wow. Trevor Murdoch did the Canadian Destroyer, and he fucked it up pretty bad. That... That, that would be a sight to see. <laughs> it really wasn't. I, I had no idea what the hell he was trying to do. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but Human Tornado hit a Canadian destroyer on Joey Ryan at a pro, pro wrestling gorilla store. 
show called Based on a True Story. They have wacky names. On to the entrance ramp. Well, their entrance ramp, which I think is a table stretched across a stage. I don't know if they just had a table stretched across the stage. That looked like an entrance ramp. It was through the table onto the cement floor, which was pretty sweet. I'll send you a link to that on YouTube. So you can yeah, please do. Watch, watch at your viewing pleasure. It's pretty cool. All right. But, yeah, I'm going to say that. And for my last one, I'm going to go with Inziguri, one of my favorite moves. CM Punk. CM Punk? Yeah. Okay. He does have a pretty nice Inziguri. He also has a nice shining wizard. He's very, he has educated feet, as uh, JR would say. That's a very good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I would have said Chris Jericho right. myself. What's that? I would have said Jericho coming to Inziguri. Oh, Jericho's Inziguri. Alright. Chris Jericho or possibly um, Loki. Early Loki. Oh, Loki's in Stiff God, as hell. I don't know if it was legit, but I know he did knock out Prince Nana, and I know he legit knocked out Dan Moth. Yes, he did. Yeah, with that Inziguri, which is brutal. So oh, I absolutely. literally screamed the first time I saw him knock out Nana with that. <laughs> but that was a few years back. Yeah, so. oh. You know, it's, I love those moments in wrestling that just make you scream and forget for a second that it's fake. Oh, yeah. I can't wait, because, uh, like, I love ROH, and it's a godsend, but I know the results ahead of time, and it kind of takes something away. So when I can finally see ROH live, whether it be in person or on pay-per-view or something, that would be excellent for me, because I just hate, like, it's not the same knowing the results. I agree. It definitely isn't. Yeah, I think it's like like sometimes I get burned out when I watch like five DVDs in a row, knowing the results of all of them beforehand. I mean, it's still good wrestling, but it's not emotional. I like it sometimes that the car. Like, I agree. Yeah, I I'd rather have the DVDs come out right where they are right now, like a month beforehand rather than either three months beforehand or, like, a week before, whether I'd still have the the results fresh in my mind, because sometimes I forget some of the less important undercard matches, which still make, which makes them a lot better. I agree. I mean, I could never forget, like, the results to a title change or anything, but it's still pretty interesting. Yeah, that's exactly, but it's, uh, once you, uh... I'm sure you'll experience this once you actually go live. You just get so much more involved in it. It's just a completely different animal than watching it on DVD. Mm-hmm. I bet it is. Uh, hopefully it is. that this show isn't their last Detroit show. I know they had they uh, didn't have very good attendance at the last show, but this show is freaking stacked. So hopefully there will be a lot of people there, so I'll actually get an opportunity to do without waiting a couple years and then driving down to Chicago to see a show. <laughs> All right. Or Dayton, maybe. Dayton's pretty close. Yeah, Dayton's all right. The, um, no, I gotta tell you, the Chicago, uh, venue in Chicago Ridge, it's really hard to find, but it's a nice building. Okay. It was kind of difficult, you know, not living in the city and not having a car, but, uh, trying to get to it. But even still, you know, once you actually get there, it is hard to find, but it's a 
very nice place. It's a great place to see the show, and it's a great atmosphere. Okay. I don't know this, but is Chicago Ridge one of the worst part? Is it one of the bad parts of Chicago? Is it pretty nice? It is actually a suburban town outside of the city. Oh. So it's, you know, it's you'd be hard-pressed to find a black person within 20 miles of it. <laughs> Sounds like right where I am right now. That's yeah, not ditto. that's not saying that black people are bad, but yeah. No. Wait, you know what? I, I actually, this is why, uh, of course, the infamous uh, venue at the Year Festival Chicago, where they went to the Windy City Fieldhouse up on the uh, northwest side of the city. Well, actually, it was around the uh, Wicker Park area. I liked going to that part of the city better. Um, well, first of all, obviously, because it was easily accessible by the uh, L train, but also because I can't live in an area where it's just everyone looks like me. I need that kind of, like, cultural, uh, you know, diversity. It makes it interesting, and there was a much more diverse group at the actual show, and it just felt more like a, a community experience instead of a suburban experience. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I mean, Thanks. my hometown is 98.98% white according to the last census, but... Jesus. Yeah. It's not far from Ann Arbor, which is which is one of the most culturally and ethnically and everything diverse town in... Ev everywhere. Because of... Uh, really? Yeah, U of M there, it's got... A huge Asian population. It's not far from Dearborn, so it's got a huge Arabic population. It's okay. uh, it's pretty urban, so there's a large amount of African American folk, uh, and then there's also a lot of white people. And so going down there is pretty cool. But there's a lot of yeah. weird fucking people down there. I went. I was down there at the art fair a couple years back, and I saw a grown man about probably in his mid sixties full gray hair. He actually looked like Necro Butcher a little bit, come to think of it. <laughs> he was riding around on a unicycle uh, in the middle of the street downtown Ann Arbor wearing, like, little girls' underwear and bra. Oh, that's pleasant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the kind of, <laughs> kind of people you get out there. So, cool, okay, I think... Gonna visit Michigan. Did you say you had a note real quick? This uh, one... Just, uh, yeah, one brief note about, um, it's a WWE-related note. There was an interview in the Miami Herald with uh, Shane McMahon. Apparently, uh, they're opening up a, uh, and, and no other information was given except that they're interested in opening up an actual WWE Hall of Fame. That's kind of like, uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or um, whatever cheesy tourist traps are out there. They said they have a location already picked out. I uh, have to assume it's somewhere in the Northeast, probably in Connecticut somewhere. Uh, honestly, I don't. I can only see this as a good thing. Apparently, they're they've been collecting memorabilia for a while, uh, and they're ready. They're you know they're they've been looking to do this for a while, and hopefully it gets off the ground. It's a, it seems like an interesting thing for uh, you know old school wrestling fans to visit. I'm sure they'll have a lot of uh, WCW world class AWA shit in there. So it's going to be great, and hopefully they get it going by the end of the year. It will be pretty awesome. Absolutely. Hopefully. But, of course, the it, it won't be a true Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, as it will still be WWE-owned and promoted, so it'll be only people who are in favor and good 
ROH, or uh, I mean WWE wrestlers. I'm not going right. to see Danielson in there anytime soon. Yeah, probably not. Although it's it's kind of unfortunate because you know guys like uh, Macho Man and I don't know who the Sting. hell else. Chris Benoit staying up. Chris Benoit obviously is not going to get his excuse me uh, his fair share. That's you you know can dispute for hours whether or not he deserves it but uh, you know for the sake of argument let's just say he's not going to get in there uh, Macho Man's probably not going to get in there because of his um, well you know Vince McMahon won't even entertain the idea of working with Macho Man so something must have gone wrong there I, I read somewhere that the story behind that was that uh, Macho Man I believe got Stephanie McMahon, when she was 14 years of age, high, and took her virginity, so. Really? That's that's what I read on one of those, uh, those forum posts that's like 400 pages long about wrestling, uh, myths and rumors and stuff. I don't know if you've seen one of those, but they're pretty funny. I have. My favorite myth is that, uh, Psycho Sid, who, uh, the recently returning to, uh, NWA Psycho Sid... Uh, actually shit his pants in the main event of WrestleMania 13. Oh, yeah. So every time I see the tombstone with the Undertaker with his face buried into his taint, I just feel so bad for the man. And then the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole uh, squeegee thing with a squirrel, and I don't know. The squeegee thing with a squirrel? What the hell was that? Apparently, Sid used to carry around a squirrel in his pants or something. That was like his pet. <laughs> and I do remember that. He was at a gas station or something, and I forget who it was, but he had gotten in a fight with a wrestler, and he had a squeegee because he was doing his windshield, and the guy came after him with scissors or something, and <laughs> he started hitting him with a squeegee, and then he fell down <laughs> and crushed the squirrel or something, and it died. What the hell? I have no idea. I can't even react to that. So, there we have it. We have Macho Man Randy Savage taking Stephanie McMahon's virginity at the age of 14. We have Psycho Sid shitting his pants at WrestleMania 13. When we have Psycho Sid squashing a squirrel in a fight with a squeegee and a pair of scissors with another wrestler who is unknown at this point. Those lists can be pretty entertaining. Oh, God. For a future show, we should probably just do that whole entire list. That could prove amusing. Absolutely. All right, I think this is a... Unless you have anything else to say, if you want to give you a quick plug. Uh, just one thing I have to say is I believe there's there's a wrestling radio show uh, called Capture Suplex Radio. I believe they're out of Toledo. I know on one of the uh -huh. wrestling forums I frequent, they posted a link to a couple of interviews they did, one with Tyler Black and one with Mike Quackenbush. They're very, very well done, very interesting. Um, I guess you can Google the term capture suplex radio, just like a normal capture suplex, and then radio. First link will take you to their MySpace, where you can uh, listen to their shows or contact, more, contact them to listen more about them. And I know... The guy had posted that if you contact him, message him, or email him, or whatever, he'll send you a link to download the aforementioned interviews, which are very good. So, and uh, All right. I guess I'll send him a link to this, so maybe he can uh, maybe give us a little bit of a plug. Uh, it couldn't hurt. I don't know. 
But okay. they were very well done, and I wish them all the luck. Unfortunately, I don't pick up Toledo radio stations the best up here. I, I, I get some of them, but I haven't tried to get them. I believe they're on 88.3 WXUT out of Toledo, so I don't know what uh, time or okay. anything. You'll have to check on there for them. So. All right. Uh, well, I guess my quick plug of the week, obviously you can uh, read my article every single week. I do the ECW recap on WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, and also, I just want to speak briefly on a completely off-topic thing. Uh, Steve, do you follow any of the summer festival, summer music festival lineups at all? Not especially, actually. No, uh, all right, so you haven't heard. Uh, Lollapalooza just announced their lineup this past Monday, and you haven't heard who's headlining or anything? No. Surprising. All right. Well, it's definitely the most it's the most star-studded lineup festival, uh, you know, of any festival this summer. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because because I bought tickets to it, like I do every single year. It's in downtown Chicago in Grant Park. It's a three-day festival. Headlining this year is going to be Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, Nine Inch Nails, Wilco, and Kanye West. And uh, you know, for anyone who follows the music industry at all, you will know that that's completely fucking insane wow and that's probably the most yeah it is it's the most star-studded festival out there right now i mean you know coachella has prince and roger waters bonnaroo has pearl jam and metallica but to get radiohead nine inch nails rage against the machine kanye west and wilco all in one place that's a big deal yeah it is trent reznor is a genius and Absolutely. uh tom morello is also a great guitarist. That should be amazing. Are you are you planning to attend that? I did. I bought my tickets uh, a couple weeks ago. That sounds Sorry. great. I, Where is that located? It is, I got my Where is it going to be held, actually? Uh, downtown Chicago, Grant Park. It's uh, cool. You know uh, where Buckingham Fountain is? I do not. Uh, well, it's it, it's on a, it's off of Michigan Avenue. That's the entrance to the festival, and then they take up the entire park. And, uh, you know, you can just walk around back and forth. Eight stages, 120-something bands. It's just going to be a great weekend. That sounds like it. It is. All right, okay, and so uh, I guess that's going to do it for us this week, huh? Cool. Yeah, well, this was Steve. And this was Rob. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Honor Nation Podcast. Tune in next week.